This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. I just want to add the phone, uh, the uh, web address, sands-trustee.com, chock block full of great questions and answers. Uh, If you don't hear your answer or the answer you're looking for in any of our segments, and you can also, of course, give them a call. They have offices all over British Columbia at 1-800-661-3030. So, Blair, we have a guest with us today, which is just lovely. I love talking to clients who have come and and gotten some assistance with you. Yeah, I'm thrilled as well to welcome Darlene on our show today uh, and really thrilled because I know from hearing from other listeners that it's when people share their actual perspectives, their experiences, it can resonate with so many people, people who feel like they're alone, the only person facing a debt problem. Um, So welcome, Darlene. Thrilled to have you today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wonder if we can start off. Can you tell me a bit about the situation that brought you to Sands and Associates? What were you facing at the time? What, what was it like? Well, um, I had a few credit cards and things were not too bad for a while, but um, it didn't take too long. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, I was maxed out at my uh, top of my balance there. And I started to realize that um, I was paying more in interest than I was against the principal, and I started to get really scared. Um, Mm. I didn't think that I would be able to dig myself out of a hole like that, and I really didn't know where to turn. Um, Mm -hmm. I saw the ad on TV, a couple of them, and it sparked my, um, you know, interest, and I thought perhaps, you know, it would be something for me. I, I was scared. You know, I think everybody's kind of scared when it comes to money and making decisions, especially when it comes to, like, bankruptcy or or, um, trying to consolidate your debts and stuff like that. Um, But it it was the right step for me, and uh, it's really helped me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's never a comfortable situation when people come to see us. They're obviously struggling for, for some reason. And was there anything particular that happened that led to the debt accumulating? Or was it, you know, cost of living, things built up over time? Well, was there anything you can point to? It was cost of living and I lost my job. So mm-hmm. I wasn't able to make, you know, my payments the way I wanted to. Um, you know, COVID hit and that was a big struggle in the beginning. Right. And yeah, I just found that I, you know, all of a sudden I I really didn't have any money. Uh, all my money was going to paying minimum balances, and it, it was just going to the interest. None of the principal was being cut down, so I, I was going nowhere fast. Yeah, we talk about that a lot on the show when people look at their credit card statements and they see, hey, it's a few thousand dollars, but it's decades for for me to pay it off. Um, And, you know, we call it the minimum payment trap because, you know, you're doing what the bank's asking. You're paying minimum payments. But sometimes people come to that realization like you did that, well, I'm really not getting ahead. I'm treading water at best and probably making the bank a lot of money. But what about my Mm -hmm. quality of life as well? Exactly. I really had no quality of life. I was stressed out constantly you know, struggling, you know, pinching pennies, um, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul sort of thing. And, and, 
it just wasn't working for me. So, you know, I uh, I took the advice of the ad that I saw on TV and and I braved the call and I couldn't have been happier. I talked to a wonderful lady, Kimberly, and oh, she yeah. was amazing. She mm-hmm. took away all my stresses. In one phone call, I went from being stressed out to being calm and just feeling at ease. And it's it's amazing, you know, what she did for me. Um, She explained everything in great detail. She gave me, you know, a few different options of what I could do. And we discussed what would be the best for me. And she took it from there. She, you know, did all the arrangements. And, you know, uh, other than a couple of phone calls, I really didn't have to do much. And all of a sudden, it was brought down to a payment that I could make where I wasn't taking away from my food money or my, you know, my daily expenses sort of thing. And, yeah, I mean, if if anybody is struggling out there with debt and they're just making minimum payments, the best thing you can do for yourself is to get, go to Sands and Associates and get your your debts consolidated because it just takes away so much stress. And it gives you opportunity to get back on your feet again, you know. I mean, once you get everything all paid off and you're in the clear, then, you know, it's so much better. I've learned um, we had two phone calls where we Mm -hmm. discussed um, budgeting and finances and stuff, which were very informative. The counseling sessions, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. I found them very informative and, um, you know, gave me some good ideas on how to budget better and, you know, what to look for. And, um, yeah, I just, I found it to be a really good experience. It wasn't as scary as I thought, you know, I was really scared at first, but she took all that away and just made it a really pleasant experience. I'm so, so thrilled. If you could see me, Charlene, you'd see me smiling for, from ear to ear because I've worked with Kimberly now for 14 years and she's one of our, our longest standing employees at SANS. She's coming up on 30 years with the company. And just the way you're describing is exactly the way that all my interactions are with Kimberly. She's respectful, empathetic, mm-hmm. um, you know, really, really care, cares. Uh, and I'm so thrilled even from that first meeting, you know, you could feel that. Uh, so that, She that's never just the, made yeah. me feel the least bit bad. You know, like for being in debt and being, you know, having maxed out my cards. She never made me feel bad about anything. She just was very positive and upbeat and worked to get the right proposal for me. And -hmm. it was really quick and simple and stress-free. And just, yeah, if anybody's out there, just go for it. Dial that number Mm -hmm. and you'll be amazed because it'll, it'll change your life. No, I, I'm so thrilled to, to hear all of that, Darlene. Now, my experience, too, is a lot of people, they struggle for a period of time. You know, in, in my opinion, they, they suffer for too long. Our research shows it can be up to two years from when people start to feel like they got a debt problem to when they're on the phone with us, making that first call, getting the plan in place. What did that look like for you? Was there a period of time when you weren't sure what to do? And, you know, how did you feel and how long did that last? It took me a couple of years of where I was making minimum payments and just struggling along. And I knew I had to do something, but I didn't know what to do. And I was scared. Um, You know, I I had heard of bankruptcy and I know that, you know, that costs a lot of money. And then your credits, you know, messed up for seven years or whatever. And I waited, like I said, the two years. And but Mm -hmm. if I had was smart enough, I would have I would have phoned sooner because it. (laughs) 
I could have alleviated a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think people wait because they're scared and they, they don't know what to expect and they don't want a black mark on their credit rating. Um, but it, it's not that. It's not that at all. Um, it doesn't darken your credit rating. As a matter of fact, it makes it better because you alleviate all your debts in, yeah. you know, by consolidating them and putting them together and paying them off makes it easier. Yeah, I think the insights that you're sharing there, Darlene, are so valuable um, because a lot of people, they hesitate to reach out because they have some idea that bankruptcy is the worst possible thing in the world. And, you know, we've got a YouTube video that says bankruptcy is not as bad as you think. And it really isn't for a lot of people, but it's also, it's far from the only option. It's about one in 10 people that we see uh, file a bankruptcy these days. About nine in 10 people file a consumer proposal, uh, which Mm -hmm. is what you did. But I'd say the vast majority of those nine out of 10, they thought they were calling just a bankruptcy service. Service and that's all they're going to be able to do. So when people actually figure out about what a proposal is, um, you know, they have a whole lot more hope and they tend to feel a lot more pride too, saying, well, you know, I didn't take um, the easier way out if you can call it that a bankruptcy. I faced this head on. Here's what I can afford to repay and this crazy interest rate. Well, that has to stop immediately. And of course, that's never going to get out of debt if they're charging a 20 or 30% interest. When you do mm-hmm. a proposal, you get something you can afford that gives you that quality of life. You know, and I also took away from your comments that, you know, you were a bit hard on yourself, but hearing your story objectively, you know, people lose their job through no fault of their own. And we've just come through this global pandemic, which none of us obviously had a, had a, a hand in causing, but we all felt the impact. So, mm-hmm. so many people are, are suffering and I'm sure some folks have been suffering since 2020, 2021. Uh, maybe hearing a bit of your story um, is really going to help them cause, cause to reach out. Um, I'm curious how you're doing now. So how has the experience been on your financial attitudes? What's the impact been? How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm back to work now and, um, you know, I, I can afford to pay all my bills Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a credit card because I'm cash only now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Until that's okay. <laughs> I get, you know, everything straightened out. But um, mm-hmm. no, I'm doing really good. I'm, you know, I'm very happy. I'm not nearly as stressed out as I was before. It's taken all of that away. Um, you know, I make my monthly payment and it's within my means and it doesn't uh, take away from my basic necessities of life. Um you know, I, I couldn't be in a better place right now, you know, compared to, you know, days before I made the call to compare to where I am today is just night and day. Mm-hmm. And do you remember, and I don't need the exact numbers if you don't recall, but do you remember how much you were being asked to pay on your debts before you came to see us and then what you're paying on, on the proposal now, if, if you're comfortable sharing any ballparks on yeah, that? Yeah, it was about $17,000 that I owed yeah. and I ended up paying just under eight. Okay, so just under half, and that's what we talk about a lot. A proposal will save you usually a half, maybe two-thirds, depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically uh, I'm paying all the principal and none of the interest. (laughs) Right, so what you actually borrowed and then the interest got away and it doubled it on you. The debts will double in every three years if they're about 24% interest, which is probably where you were at there. Mm Mm-hmm, that's right. Was there anything that surprised you about the process of getting help with your debt? It sounded like you anticipated the first conversation would be more difficult than it was, but uh, anything along those lines that would surprise people? I think you'd be surprised at just how genuine the people are at Sounds and how comfortable they make you and how informative they are, how helpful they are. Um, They give you lots of options and all the information that you need and there's no pressure to do anything. 
yeah, I I just found it to be a great experience. I mean, it, it took me from darkness to light, you know. Um, I wish I had it done a long time sooner. You know, I wish I hadn't waited. I think, you know, you wait out of fear, but, you know, once you get there, you realize there's nothing to be afraid of. It's quite the opposite. It's a good thing. I'm just going to jump in here um, and just say as we wind up this segment, um, Darlene, you know, you must know that you've changed people's lives just by coming and talking to Blair about your situation because people... They, some, there might be somebody who for the first time has heard that it's okay to ask for some help and that it wasn't as painful as you thought it was going to be. So that must be the same for them as they make that first phone call and, and get some help. It's just so great. I just want to thank you so much for coming on uh, the segment with Blair today. Oh, absolutely. And I hope that more people do phone and, and take that initiative to make their lives so much better than it, you know, than it is right now because... You know, it's so easy to get into debt, and it's hard to get out. But, um, you know, with the help of Sands and Associate, there is a way. Wonderful. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. Can a creditor garnish all my income? So it's really important, this segment, to understand what creditors can and can't do when it comes to wage garnishments. A creditor threatening to take your income can, boy, oh boy, feel unbelievably overwhelming and downright scary. But Blair is going to explain how wage garnishments work, how that process works in British Columbia, and what steps you should take if you're facing the threat of or an active wage garnishment. So let's start from the very beginning, just in case somebody doesn't completely understand what a wage garnishment means, Blair. Well, a wage garnishment, when you get that threat, it probably means you're going to have a pretty bad day um, because typically this is the most severe thing that can happen when you're facing debt. Uh, When people receive that threat, they often think it's an immediate thing. It's a done deal for sure. They're going to get my wages tomorrow. And oh my gosh, what am I going to do other than give these people exactly what they want me to do regardless of the cost to myself. So what we want to do on this segment is really just peel back all the layers. There's a lot of complexity here. Um, You know, in some wage garnishment, doesn't typically happen overnight. Uh, It's usually more of a threat than a reality in many cases, but it does happen. And if it happens to you, it can be quite severe and there's things to know about it um, and things that you can do to mitigate it if it's already happened or to stop it from ever happening. So anyone that's listening, if you've ever been threatened with a wage garnishment or might be, you know, under that that threat right now, be a lot of good information in this segment to hopefully help you sleep a little bit better and know that you do have some means to defend against it. Uh, so what we're talking about when we say wage garnishment, it's sometimes called a garnishee or a wage assignment or attachment. It's a legal court order that says to a creditor that they now have the right to collect a debt from you by seizing part of your income. And sometimes it's beyond that. It says you can not only seize the income, you can also seize money from sources that could include a bank account, um, an income tax refund, or your incoming GST, HST credits. Uh, could be investment proceeds, could be rental or lease payments, or could even be an insurance claim. You know, Benefits could be intercepted there if a creditor has a legal right to do so. So if a creditor follows the legal steps, um, 
if they would have the right to intercept funds. Um, and, and wage garnishment can be undertaken by virtually any creditor, including an individual that you owe money to. If they go through the right steps, they can have the standing um, to garnish wages. Uh, very common consumer creditors, this is where we see just about all of the threats and those few that are followed through on are typically with individual consumer creditors like a bank, a credit card company, uh, payday loans or things like that. Um, other government bodies like Family Management Enforcement, uh, FMEP, or sorry, Family Maintenance Enforcement um, in BC, or Canada Revenue Agency and CRA, they could be collecting for debts like tax debt, student loan debt, uh, even CERB overpayments or EI overpayments and penalties. Um, now, beyond wage garnishment, there's also a tactic called a bank account freeze, which is generally exclusively done by CRA. And this is a little bit less severe, but the impact is still quite drastic. A bank account freeze means that CRA essentially locks up your bank account. The money is still there, but you can't access it. And they usually do that to get your attention to say, okay, you haven't filed taxes in five years. Nothing that we're doing seems to make any difference. So we're going to basically cut you off from your funds. And then hopefully you're going to phone us and figure out why. And that can be a pretty effective effective way to get someone to file taxes, but obviously quite shocking to the individual. So a lot to know there about wage garnishment, but essentially it allows a creditor to intercept your money before it comes to you to take it to pay debt, regardless of how that might leave you in a very tough financial situation. Now you talked about uh, Canada Revenue Agency and everybody else. So there's different rules. Uh, what does a, a, a regular creditor have to do to start a wage garnishment? And this is really important, folks, because this is where there's some time allowed. You get some time yeah. here to take some action. Yeah, the biggest thing is that nobody can garnish your wages unless it's the government. That's the exception here. But no individual consumer credit or anybody other than a government body can garnish your wages or seize any assets without a court order. So when someone phones me frantic, and it happens quite a bit saying, you know, I got this collection letter, or this collector told me, you know, they're in court today, they're going to have a garnishment order tomorrow. I'm telling them, you know, that is fiction at this point. If there's a court proceeding, you have to be served with documents, you have at least 21 days to respond. Um, you know, the courts are pretty good in BC, but they're not that good. You get in there the next day after you apply, there's typically a delay of call it a couple of months where someone sees this coming before. So before a creditor can actually garnish your wages, they actually need two court orders. So the first is a court judgment against you called a payment order. And all this does is it confirms that you actually owe the debt. So I tell folks, you know, you generally want to show up to these things. But you know, if you borrowed the money, you're going to lose the payment hearing because of course, they're just saying this is a valid debt. Uh, once the creditor has this judgment against you, the second order is called a garnishing order, which then requires a third party who owes you money, which in most cases is your employer to make payments directly to the creditor. And for every time the creditor wants to do this, they have to make that court application. So it's actually quite a costly thing for creditors to do. Um, you know, it's not the case. They make one court application, they get your wages for the rest of your life. Um, oftentimes they have to make repeated successive court applications, each of them with a cost. So if it's a very high income earner and they can see the value in doing it, they might do so. Uh, but folks who aren't earning a whole lot of income, sometimes the cost benefit just isn't there for a creditor to incur all, all of these legal costs um, to go and get a garnishee order. Um, what happens when a garnishee starts is typically your employer's payroll department is going to receive a garnishing order from the creditor that's going to tell them they have to withhold funds from your paycheck and send them directly to the court. Um, and then typically the, the creditor will get the money paid out of court. 
Uh, it's still possible if you're self-employed, if you're saying, okay, well, I don't have a payroll department, I don't have an employer, I can't be garnished. No, it is possible um, that a creditor could get an action to go directly to your clients and say whatever money they owe to you as the person that provided the service, um, either some percentage or all of it, um, can be redirected to the creditor. So they can garnish from your clients as well. Um, you know, a garnishee can continually be renewed until either uh, the debt is paid off in full or until someone takes some drastic steps to have it adjusted. And a couple things that you can do is you can apply to court to say that whatever amount that they've allowed, and typically it's, you know, 30% of your wages, saying, well, that's just not okay. That puts me into undue hardship and the court might see, see some wisdom in that. Um, or filing a formal proceeding, either a bankruptcy or a proposal, um, those stop garnishees dead in their tracks. So it basically stops this proceeding at any point that it's at. So if you already know that you want to take some action, give Sands and Associates a call. It's 1-800-661-3030. It's a toll-free number, and they'll help you figure out your next steps when dealing with your debt situation. How much of the, your income can a creditor take, Blair? Yeah, in most cases in BC, it's 30% of your net income after your payroll deductions um, could be garnished, um, but it can vary from province to province. So in BC, it's around 30%, um, but there can be some exceptions to this. So Canada Revenue Agency, um, as I was mentioning before, they can shortcut many of the things that I've just described to you. They don't need to apply to court. They don't have to get the garnishing order. Um, they can just decide to start um, garnishing wages very quickly. Usually they don't do it with no notice to you, um, but it is possible you might be surprised by a garnishee order from CRA uh, if you haven't been, you know, answering the mail, answering the phone and things like that. So any provincial limits like the 30% in BC, that doesn't apply to Canada Revenue Agency. It also doesn't apply to family maintenance enforcement. So things for support uh, or alimony, um, those aren't limited to just 30% of your income. Um, up to 100% of income earned through self-employment can be garnished. So what we talked about a requirement to pay where they go to your clients and say, instead of paying you, um, pay the creditor instead, that's typically at 100%. Um, government income, things like CPP, OAS, um, GIS, employment insurance, social assistance, those are typically safe from being garnished. So first off, it'd be very rare for a creditor to decide to sue somebody if they're just receiving, you know, social assistance or government benefits, you know, they'd likely be laughed out of court. Uh, but the exception to that is Canada Revenue Agency. And I've seen Canada Revenue Agency take up to 100% of someone's pension income, because there was a significant tax debt the person hasn't dealt with in a long time. And I was, you know, thinking, well, how do they expect the person to live? And the answer is they expect this garnishee is going to push the person to take some steps. They don't expect to have 100 percent garnishee until they're paid off. They just need to get something moving forward. So they really take the drastic step of cutting off the income and really forcing the person to take something to deal against the garnishee. So, and just a quick little question here. What happens if it's everything is in joint accounts? How does that impact somebody, uh, a CRA or anyone else taking action? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. We get that a lot. So if it's a standard creditor, not CRA, and have, they have to apply to court, um, they would need to have a judgment against both account holders for them to be able to garnish you that money. So if just a husband and wife, money's in the joint account and only one person owes the debt, quite often the creditor would not be successful in getting money and uh, getting a garnishing order to seize from the bank account. They would probably just try to seize wages from the person who actually owes the money. Uh, exception to that is Canada Revenue Agency. Again, the government, they can write the rules, whichever 
whatever way they want, um, they are able to, and quite often do, um, seize funds from a joint bank account. Uh, could you make an argument to them that the funds weren't yours? Well, maybe, but you know, good luck uh, fighting City Hall sometimes. So uh, just be aware if it's a joint account yeah. and it's a tax debt, uh, it is at risk of seizure. Okay, so what can I do to prevent any of this from happening or any of the wage garnishment happening? Uh, is there anything I can do, even if it's already started? What are the things that I can do? Yeah, definitely a few things you can do. So, you know, one is you can apply to court to have the garnishing order set aside, basically means that it's released. If you can prove to the court that the order is causing you serious financial hardship or that it's not necessary to ensure the payment of the debt. Um, kind of a, a two-part test there. Um, you can also ask the registrar or the court official to increase the amount of your wages that are exempt. So in the province of BC, they can take 30%, which means 70% are typically exempt. You could say, well, let's increase that to 90. You know, I've, I'm willing to, to proceed. I know I owe this money, but I really can't live if more than 10% of my wages are being seized by the creditor. So you can try to get the court um, to agree with you and reduce that certain amount of a garnishment, but all that does is just, you know, again, reduce the schedule, reduce the timing. It doesn't reduce the debt at all. You still owe all of that money. And what's important to know, too, is that all of these costs, when a creditor is taking it to court, uh, making applications, getting orders, serving you with documents, um, they're running a counter the whole time and they're adding those costs to your debt. So the debt might even be getting bigger, even though you're paying just a little bit by all these legal costs getting tacked on top of it. What's the most powerful thing you can do if you've got a garnishment that's either being threatened or in place is to seek the assistance of a licensed insolvency trustee. So either of a consumer proposal or a personal bankruptcy, both operate to stop a garnishment dead in its tracks. So the day somebody signs off on either a proposal or a bankruptcy, the same day we send a note to court or a note to CRA, we tell them they're no longer able to seize any funds from this individual. If a payroll department is already sending funds, we'll let the payroll department know they can now give 100% of the debt back to the individual. So there are options. There is legislation that protects every individual. If a garnishment is happening, it shouldn't happen for very long. I sometimes have people that have been garnished you know, for six or eight months, and it's just breaks my heart because I know if they knew about us sooner, um, they could have gotten a lot of help a lot sooner. So you can do something. You've got a formal way to respond, but you need to be aware of that and get the assistance of a trustee. And how you do that is give Sands & Associates a call and set up that appointment. It's 1-800-661-3030. Check out their website. You can also make an appointment through the website, sands-trustee.com. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. Making debt payments can feel never-ending, but being debt-free might be closer than you think. Blair is going to share some tips with us on how to prioritize paying off your debt and why this should be a top financial goal for all British Columbians. So Blair is a licensed debt help expert. What are some of the top reasons you encourage people to prioritize becoming debt free? Well, every situation is different, of course, but there's at least three reasons I can think of, of why paying off your debt should be an important and a high priority financial goal. Let's just go through each of them. You know, the first one, this is just quite obvious, is debt is expensive. Um, anytime you borrow, uh, by definition, you're typically going to be paying back more than what you borrowed. There's a price to pay for interest charges, 
fees, and more. And debt can get really expensive if you're carrying some of what we call the top offender debts, things like credit cards. Um, you know, they can be between 18 and 28% or higher on interest rates. Uh, and even worse, if you've taken some cash advances because you don't even get that interest-free grace period that you know typically we count on when we make purchases. Um, even worse than that is payday loans or some fast cash or installment loans. A two-week payday loan can be an annual interest rate of more than 400%. The mind wow. just boggles when, when you look at that. And so many of my clients, uh, they just get stuck into a cycle where they need a second payday loan to pay the first, a third to pay the second. And then suddenly you're, you're, you're juggling, you know, six or more or 10 or more payday loans and you haven't slept in weeks because you're trying to rob Peter to pay Paul. So it can just be a very tough cycle. Uh, even Canada Revenue Agency balances for tax debt, uh, they charge interest daily. There can be late filing penalties, um, diff different things that can really cause that tax debt to escalate. Uh, and when you're dealing with someone like Canada Revenue Agency, they've got more power than any other creditor to really hurt you, to start to seize your assets, seize your wages. So that's the type of debt that you can't ignore. Um, so you, what sometimes happens when you're in debt is you feel like your creditors are in charge of your money because you are impacted by their interest rate hikes. They can bump up your charges if you miss a payment and they can just add things on. If you're suddenly over the limit, you might say, well, I'm over the limit because you charged me fees. Well, it doesn't matter. Pay us. And they just keep adding to your balance. So the first reason is that debt is expensive. Uh, the second reason is that that stops you from making the most of your income. When you borrow money today, you're taking money away from your future self and often both in the short and the long term. And if you think about it, you know, if you've got $300 each month that's going to your credit card, you know, what else could you use that money for if you didn't have to make that balance month in and month out? And sometimes you end up with such a, a too tight budget or some challenges to meet your cost of living. Uh, and then suddenly all of your money is going to debt payments and you're not focused at all in your future goals. You might not be able to save for a home or save for retirement. Um, you know, we often caution that a credit score isn't everything, but if you have a financial goal, like getting a mortgage or even a car loan the next few years, um, and you want to get the best possible interest rates, you need to be cognizant that if you've got a high credit utilization ratio, which typically means if your balance is $1,000 on your credit card and your credit limit is $1,500, you're at two-thirds utilization, that's a warning sign. Most most creditors or, or, or lenders want to make sure you're under 50% on your balances so that they make sure if you're going to get into an obligation with them, you're going to be able to, to make that obligation to, to pay it off. Um, and when you're, again, your money's going to your, your debt, you're not able to boost your savings, not able to put away that emergency fund. Um, so the second reason, again, is just the impacts that it has on your income and your ability to future goals. Um, the third reason is just the stress. And we hear day in and day out of how terrible it can feel to be in a hopeless situation where you know you're just constantly worrying about your debt and for three and five people to reach out to our help for our help it was overwhelming stress was the the warning sign for them it wasn't they were being sued for their debt uh, or getting called you know 10 times a day somewhere and some weren't but over three and five people said it was just feeling stressed thinking about the debt all of the time and not able to enjoy their regular life so there's a lot of big reasons why being debt free is a priority but there's just three of the main ones. Excellent. And, uh, you know, with that stress, you don't know, uh, often you don't even know how much stress you're feeling until it's off of you. And then you go, oh, oh, yeah, I remember what this what this felt like before. I, I wasn't worrying cons constantly about one specific thing. So, yeah, I'm sure stress plays a huge role.
I know yeah, we're going to talk about, yeah, sorry, go. Yeah. I'll say just consistently from our clients, that idea of a feeling of lightness, of a weight being lifted. And so many people say, I didn't realize how much it was affecting me until it was gone. Because sometimes exactly. it's just, you know, the drip, drip, drip every month. It just, the burden gets heavier. And then when suddenly it's lifted, you, you just can't believe how much better life can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know we're going to talk about some strategies that folks may want to consider to get uh, their debt, uh, their debt paid down a bit faster. Um, I just want to remind you the phone number for Sands and Associates is 1-800-661-3030. They have offices all over British Columbia. Their website's terrific if you want to access them through that. And that's sands-trustee.com. So let's talk about those strategies, Blair, that folks may want to consider uh, in order to get some help, uh, get that debt paid down a bit faster. What are they? Yeah, there's a couple things you can consider if the debt is what you would consider to be manageable, meaning that you think you can get out of it under your standard income. You can just do a little bit of budgetary adjustments and you'll be able to pay it off yourself. Uh, a couple of strategies. One is to focus your extra payments on your high interest debt first. So make all the payments, all the minimums on your debt each month, but then you try to save money by reducing your ongoing interest charges by putting the highest interest debt at the top of the list for any extra money you have to make payments. So it might be a hundred dollars to three different creditors, you got an extra $50 left over, you're going to pay that to the one that's charging you 24% interest and not put anything extra on the debts that are charging you 18% interest, for example. So that can work if it's a small amount of debt, smallish relative to your budget and your income. Um, and just the idea of saving yourself the interest charges by not sprinkling all the money around all the time, making sure the minimums are paid, but really directing most of your money when you have it um, to go towards the highest interest cost debt. Cost debt. So that can be one strategy. Uh, another strategy is sometimes you just want to get some momentum and you might say, you know, I've got five different debts. You know, a couple of them are just for a few hundred dollars, maybe just under a thousand dollars. I just want to get those balances gone because then I'm going to feel like I'm, I'm making some progress here. So even though they might not be your highest interest cost debt, you might just want to focus your extra payments towards the debts um, that are you're just going to be able to eliminate within a few months. And then you'll be able to see progress instead of having five creditors you're paying each month, you know, maybe it's down to four, then down to three. So a lot of folks that we deal with these strategies, you know, they're nice in theory, but when they're saying, you know, I'm barely making the minimum payments at all, I've got nothing extra that I can pay on any of my debts. That's when you need to essentially bring in the heavy hitters a little bit, uh, which is to consider doing something like a consumer proposal where you can consolidate and reduce the debt. So rather than having to prioritize highest interest or smallest balance, a proposal is going to bring the interest to zero on all of the debts and then actually give you a payment that you can afford, which is hopefully going to leave you a whole lot more money in your budget uh, than you had before. Uh, it's I don't think I've ever filed a proposal where it wasn't a significantly lower payment than what someone was already paying on their minimum payments. And in a proposal, it's not the never, never plan. You're going to be out of debt. Five years is the longest ever a proposal can be, and you can pay it off sooner at any point if you're able to. So it does give you a clear idea of when you can become debt free. And I guess the number one strategy for folks, because all of these mean taking action. And I think that's mm -hmm. probably the most important thing, hey, is to take some kind of action. And if you don't know, if you don't know what action to take, calling you would be, calling Sands and Associates would be right up there. 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest pitfalls that I see is people get a false sense of comfort when they say, I'm making all my minimum payments, you know, that's okay, I'm doing what I need to do, and their credit rating might look great. We call that the minimum payment trap. And it's as simple as something like a debt of $6,000, which most people wouldn't say is, you know, uh, the, the worst you could be, that could be 40 years of minimum payments, and you will have paid that debt off multiple times over based on interest charges. So it can be a realization from people to see that minimum payments are not designed to get you out of debt, they're designed to keep you in debt as long as possible and maximize the amount of interest that you pay. So don't have a false sense of comfort. If all you're doing is paying the minimum payments, you're really not moving yourself ahead financially. You're just making a whole lot of profits for the people that have loaned you money. And if you've been a listener to this show, you, we've often talked about how people hesitate. They wait before they take action. And, and this is a perfect opportunity. If you're feeling the stress and you know that you, you're in a situation that you need some help with, now's the time to take that action. Uh, just taking an hour to connect with somebody who knows about debt and how they can help you and with, with a plan to become debt free. It's such so easy to do by calling one 800 661-3030 and or visiting the website at Sands and Associates. It's sands-trustee.com. We're going to talk about expert tips for paying off your debt. Uh, focused on paying it down? Well, Blair Manton is going to give us some good advice and tips for staying on track or getting on track with debt payments and getting to that debt-free place. So, Blair, if I want to prioritize and plan something, anything for paying down my debt, what are some of the key areas to focus on? Well, certainly, Elaine, it's, it's really important as you embark on a goal um, of getting out of debt that you set yourself up for success. And whatever plan you put together, you want to make sure there's at least two things, the two components of that plan that are, are completely robust and you can rely on. Uh, one is that the whatever payments that you're going to be signing on for, they're consistently manageable and affordable. If you're going to sign on to make a certain payment per month, you can make that payment each month, you know, regardless of the season, things go up and down, you're sure it's something that can fit into your budget. And that second, that these payments are going to actually move you forward. So it's going to be something that's going to result in you becoming debt free, not something where you're on, you know, the hamster wheel of minimum payments, everything goes to interest, and you're just doing the same thing, you're making payments, but you're not getting further ahead. So both of those two components, make sure you can afford a payment, and make sure it's actually bringing you towards a goal. Um, those are just so important to keep in mind, um, as you're considering how to become debt free. Um, a couple points as you're putting together a, a debt-free plan, and you know, if someone's thinking informally, um, you can do this on your own. Absolutely, this is a good first step for someone to see. You know, do I need professional assistance, or is it something I can just, you know, uh, work my way through a debt problem? So it's great for everybody to start with the first step if they're concerned about their debt, uh, which is we call getting your budget aligned. So the whole idea of creating a budget—a budget doesn't have to be a chore. It doesn't have to be a restrictive type of thing that tells you you can't do what you want to do. What a budget is about, it's about being in control of your money, um, prioritizing the things that you really want and making some informed decisions um, so that if there are trade-offs, they're trade-offs that you're consciously making, not being forced to make. Uh, a budget doesn't have to be grand or complicated to work well. Um, there's just a few key components that need to be there. And the most important thing is you start by mapping out your income and then where and how you think you're going to spend 
spend it. You keep track of that in whatever method works for you. And it could be as simple as a spreadsheet. It could be a pad of paper. You know, people have various different ways that work. But what's so important uh, when you keep a budget is that you actually revisit it at the end of the month. You look back and say, okay, well, where did I actually spend my money? Because that's where the real magic is, is looking at, well, here was my plan. Um, here's what life threw at me and how I reacted. And okay, is this a budget that's going to work next month? Are we expecting that type of thing to reoccur and adjusting that way? If you don't adjust to your variances, you're not getting a whole lot of value out of the budget um, each month. Um, and the final thing, you know, one thing that's important when you put together a budget is, of course, to consider all the regular things you pay each month, of course, the rent, the groceries, all of that stuff. But where people often get tripped up is around irregular expenses. So the things we know they're going to happen once a year. So, you know, it might be a car repair and insurance, a tax installment, something along those lines. And if we don't plan for those each month, there's going to be some lump sum that's going to be required. Um, and if you don't have the money on hand, it's often a reliance on credit that can happen there. So, you know, whatever format works for you, the important thing is to have a budget, to revisit the budget, and then to make sure you've also considered those irregular expenses, which we sometimes call them the budget killers, because you could be just going fine. And then, oh, darn, I forgot to plan for the property taxes this year. And well, now I'm on credit and that's just going to continue to escalate with interest costs. Okay. Um, if you already know that you want to take some action, uh, get a hold of Sands & Associates. This is their phone number, 1-800-661-3030. Of course, they have offices pretty much all over British Columbia now. And sands-trustee.com is the website. Can we talk about the rule of 60 as a, as a good way to sort of get a sense of where, where I am with my, with my debt or my budget or my expenses? Yeah, I love this calculation, Elaine, because it's so simple and, and it's intuitive and it's a really quick check any of our listeners could do. And it's a pretty good, um, you know, almost a gut check to say, okay, am I feeling okay about my debt or do I need some help? And what you do is you add up all of your non-mortgage debts. So non-mortgage, uh, non-car loan, not your secured debts, but things like a credit card bill, income tax, payday loans, you know, anything your typical unsecured debt to fall into there, a student loan, for example. Um, add up the amount of money that you owe and divide that by 60. So if it's $20,000, um, divide that by 60, you know, your $333-ish, you know, is that something you feel that you could afford? Because if you're paying any less than that on your debts each month, you are certainly not getting ahead. You're just moving further behind. And if that is something that you can afford, well, then you know the only thing that's stopping you from getting out of debt within five years is the interest charges, because otherwise you'd be out of debt, but these guys are going to keep charging you interest. So then you can start to focus on, well, what are the tactics I can do to reduce or eliminate those interest interest charges. So it could be as simple as you approach your bank, you do a balance transfer to a lower card, if that's possible, perhaps you can try to consolidate things. Uh, for many people, when they do that rule of 60 math, they say, Oh, my gosh, you know, this is a number that I just can't afford to pay divided by 60 and certainly not plus interest. And that's when people gravitate towards something like a consumer proposal, which right off the top is zero interest. So the maximum you'd, you'd ever pay is, you know, your debt divided by 60. Um, but it's usually a pretty significant discount on the amount of debt that you have because it's what you can afford. So it might be, you know, you divided it by 60 and it's a $333 payment. What you can actually afford is $150 a month. Well, by filing a consumer proposal, you'd be able to reduce the payment potentially down to that lower amount, which could actually fit in your budget and get you out of debt inside of the five years, rather than you just keep doing what you're doing. You're treading water, but you're not getting further ahead because all the minimum payments, you know, roughly 90% of them in many cases is just going to interest cost. 
Okay. So I was thinking that the financial habits that, that you think is important for somebody to take a look at bringing into their own uh, routine to succeed. Should, can we just focus on those uh, as we mm -hmm. end out this segment? Yeah, the number one uh, financial habit that's going to inoculate you potentially against having a debt problem is to have some personal savings. And this is no, um, you know, magic here. Of course, if you've got a, a sum of money that you can rely on, you've got a whole lot more flexibility than being forced to borrow because every time you borrow, you've got to pay back more than you borrowed. And depending on who the creditor is, if it's a lender of last resort, like a payday loan, for example, you might be several hundred percent of interest charges, which can very quickly turn into a cycle. So what's so important if you're building up savings is to have a purpose for it and you know a couple of key things you know number one on the list I would say is to have an emergency savings fund so you know going back to when I became a trustee about 15 years ago you know this was a best practice a lot of people were able to do it accumulate a fund um, I haven't seen a whole lot of people in the province of BC lately uh, perhaps their emergency fund got used up during COVID which was a certainly an emergency uh, but this is something a lot of people have a struggle doing but it's certainly it's one of the biggest goals you can have is to start try to have an emergency fund that could sustain your household for a good three to six months. So if you figured out if I had no income coming in, what would I need to do to support myself and my family for three to six months? That would help you estimate what's the, the size of an emergency fund that would give you some flexibility there. Uh, you know, other key savings, things like a holiday fund. So it's always the best practice. If you want to take a vacation, you know, pay for it first and then go on the vacation rather than put it on credit and be paying for it years after when the memories have faded, but the debt remains, that's not too much fun. Uh, you know, saving for retirement is so important. You know, company pension plans are fewer and fewer these days. It just becomes an individual's responsibility to really get themselves set up. And then oftentimes there's some big goals. So whether it's a down payment um, on a property or, um, you know, a car or some other type of financing, um, you know, saving some money towards that, being able to put some money down and not having to finance the whole thing, which of course, not even an option in real estate, you have to have that down payment there. So just the goal of building savings, that's the number one most important financial habit that can really protect you against potentially having a debt problem. Um, I just want to finish this segment too, and, and Blair's the expert. There's no doubt about it in, in everything to do with debt and ways to deal with it really, really well. But I'm thinking if you're feeling stressed or anxious about your financial situation, that's probably the number one warning sign to take some action. And if you don't know what that action might be, then this is even better. Uh, to give Sands & Associates a call. They've got offices all over British Columbia. I'm going to give you their 1-800 number, 1-800-661-3030 for that first free sit down to talk about your situation and check out their website, sands-trustee.com. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.